What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are fresh off of the Sabres. Six to one victory over the Montreal Canadiens in an exciting game on Thursday night in Montreal. Devin Levi got the start and had a stellar game in net and his first game in his hometown of Montreal, picking up the win. Taylor, six Sabres had a multi-point game in this one, being led by Jeff Skinner, who had a goal and three assists. Crazy, crazy stat that just was put out by Sabres PR. Did you see this about the very good company that Jeff Skinner is in? Well, uh, is he joining Boy Genius? Correct. Yes, he is. Oh, no. Cool. With four points in tonight's game, Jeff Skinner has recorded 16 points in his last six games against Montreal. Only Wayne Gretzky has more points in such a span, and he's tied with Mario Lemieux. Oh Mario my God! Had 16 points from 1997 to 2002, and Wayne Gretzky had 17 points from 1985 to 1988 <laughs> in a six-game span. Pretty, pretty good company, wouldn't you say so, Taylor? That's incredible. Are you saying that the new boy genius is Jeff Skinner, Wayne Gretzky, and Mario Lemieux? Taylor, that's exactly what I'm saying. Wow! Looking forward to Mario Lemieux's uh, contribution. Uh, Yager, I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Anyway, moving on to tonight, I'll let you get through more because I think you probably have more to say. Well, no, I mean, it was a great effort from the Sabres, as has been the case all year. We're just waiting for them in a game-to-game basis to be able to have the offensive explosions that they were having last year, and that was very much the case tonight. I thought overall it was a good game. I think that, as has been the case, they haven't played a perfect game this year by any means, but they were able to finish tonight. They had a good finishing touch. Levi made some huge saves down the stretch, and and really throughout the game he played a very solid, composed game, and it was good to see him have that kind of an effort. And really for me, you know, we'll obviously talk about the game a little bit more, but the real matter at hand here is, Can they win on Saturday? Can they win a back-to-back? Because while this feels very good right now, we've been here before. It's been Vegas. It's been the Rangers. It's been Carolina where they have these big wins, and then they follow it up with a complete dud. So I'm looking ahead to Saturday already, but I will allow myself to enjoy. And, then you know, everybody should be able to, you know, enjoy what was a a good win tonight. What were your thoughts on the game, Taylor? So it just – a really impressive game. I know Montreal's not very good, but it's worth noting that neither are the Sabres. And Montreal actually has a better record and better points per game than the Sabres right now. They've had a little bit of luck, whereas the Sabres haven't had much go their way this year. But starting uh, with the first period, kind of like a lot of first periods this year, pretty listless. I think the Sabres outplayed them in the first period, but not in any really impressive way. And definitely Levi was pretty good uh, throughout that period. In fact, he was pretty good throughout the entire game. But there were opportunities since the Sabres did not capitalize at all in the first, I don't know, 25 plus minutes of game time. There were definite opportunities for the Canadians to, to take the lead and Levi didn't let that happen. But second period story, of the second period, they scored two power play goals. They scored goals on consecutive power plays. I don't believe it this year. (laughs) Um, I think you brought up last episode that they only scored four power play goals in December. Correct. Uh, they scoring two in a row. In fact, the power play looked good. They, they didn't look like one-offs. And this is the part where I have to say Montreal has a terrible power play. And they now, I believe, give up about 29% of their penalty kills end up with them giving up a goal. 
So it's not good. They're one of the worst teams in the league in that regard. But the Sabres haven't looked good on the power play against anyone, really, for most of the year. So it was nice to see them, you know, at least kind of you saw what they were trying to do. And two good passes led to two good goals there with Skinner and Middlestad scoring. And just uh, in general, really, really quality job all around with the power play on those two. Unfortunately, Montreal's lone goal in the game came on the Sabres' next power play. <laughs> Where it's like the Sabres had an opportunity to – scored their third power play goal in a row, which would have been crazy. Uh, but, you know, instead they did the opposite. In fact, that, that whole power play looked terrible. It, it just immediately looked like they were playing, uh, like, most of their power plays throughout the year again. But, I mean, the third period, wow, way to slam the door shut on the road. The first line re- looked really good together. In particular, Tuck and Skinner coming together on two really impressive goals. You had and both – or, sorry, Tage and Skinner, not Tuck – Two Tage and Skinner looking really good together on those two particular goals. They both had really impressive games. Uh, the second line looked really good. The kids' line, as people called it. Jack Quinn continues to be productive after coming back. Uh, I don't think anyone has a, a better hit rate of having good games this year than Jack Quinn because he's the only the saver that hasn't had a bad one. So just really all around a uh, impressive effort. And, uh, you know, you have to shout out Devin Levi, Tage, Skinner, Quinn, I mean, so many guys looked so good today. Darlene scored an empty net goal that was good. And it it made me think a little bit like last year. This felt like a last year game, except it probably would have been 6-3 instead of 6-1 if it was a regular game last year. Good point. Well, and you bring up a couple of guys there that I thought were just standout good tonight and, and have been. And I want to talk about Jack Quinn first and foremost because he has – in a very, very short amount of time, seeming like he's gotten up to game speed and seems like he has just jumped in and taken this season in stride and is taking the steps that we were really hoping that he was going to take this year. And it's just incredible that he was doing it after the injury that he had being out for as long as he was and, and coming back, you know, 30 plus games into the year. Being able to step in and just so immediately make an impact, I think, is just a testament to what we really have in him here and that he is just continuing to solidify himself as a no doubt for sure long term fixture in the top six of of this organization. I just continue to be impressed with him in just about every phase of the game. You know, we always talk about his his offensive zone creativity, how good he is with with the, the puck on a stick, how good he is around the net. We talked about last episode with that and wanting to, you know, try him out and on the first power play unit, for example. But there's just so many things about his game that you just you love. And when he's out there, it feels like he's going a hundred percent every single shift. He doesn't take a shift off. He is getting more and more responsible defensively. And you're seeing it as the games go along. You saw it as last year went along. He, he plays with a little bit of an edge to him now, which he really, you know, in the early goings of his professional career, he really wasn't doing. And he's, I think since developed that and has gained a lot of confidence in that time. And so For him, I'm sure that for months he's just waiting and chomping at the bit to be able to get out there. And so it's great that it feels like where his head probably is or was going into him coming off of IR, his body was there to meet him and that his rehab went as well as it did, that he's able to now be playing at such a high level. Only how how many games has he played so far this year, Taylor? What number was this? Five or six. Five or six. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. 
excellent performance I thought by him yet again what do you make of of Jack Quinn and his performance again since coming off of injured reserve he's been incredible he's been an awesome productive player he makes uh the second line really work he's his I would say goal scoring you know it's not going to stay this way uh because he's not going to score like at a 70 goal pace but it 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 isn't indicative of the fact that he became a pretty dangerous goal scorer by the end of last year and that you know, I'm sure these, this Achilles injury threw a wrench in some things for him to some extent, definitely in the timeline at least, but it's worth remembering it would have been the 2018-19 season. He was almost old enough to be a draft-eligible guy, almost. Could have been his draft year. Just a couple days difference on his birthday, and it would have been. And he was not good. To he was, I shouldn't say he wasn't good. He was good. He was, one of the, he was, a, he was in juniors. He was – Still pretty good. But everyone said he would have been a fourth-round pick if he would have – or somewhere in that range if he would have come out that year. So it took until the year where he was older than mostly everyone in juniors where he started to really score. Uh, and then they have, they have the, you know, 2021 season in the AHL was basically useless. There was so much stuff going on with COVID and the fact that the Amherst played like 30 games and just not a good productive season. Definitely not a, a rookie campaign you want to come into. But then 21-22 happens. And look at that. He's one of the best players in the AHL. He's scoring like crazy. He has all this chemistry with Paterka. He looks like a different guy. Then he comes to the NHL, and he's not just a productive scorer for a 20-year-old or whatever he was. He's a, I would say, like 200-foot guy, honestly. And then you look at this year, like he's – so it's six games. He's Sorry, that was the seventh game, and he has four goals. He's not going to score at that pace probably. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not that crazy. Well, well, what I will say to jump in on that really quickly, though, is you can say like not score at that pace. But when you look at the goals that he's scoring, I mean, his goal tonight was gorgeous. He gets the draw pass at the blue line, walks in a little bit and just absolutely rips it above Jake Allen's blocker side shoulder. It's it's not like he's just getting these like gritty goals or anything like that. Like we're talking about some serious shooting talent here with him. So yeah, absolutely. Four goals in seven games. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility that he could be a 35, 40 goal scorer? It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Right? That's like, what I was kind of getting at. Like, yeah, he's improved yeah. so much every year that it he has a pedigree of a top 10 pick, but he also improves uh, to kind of a ridiculous degree, like every year. So if he, the way he looks this year, maybe it's just a really good stretch. Or maybe this is just kind of uh, who he is now and that he didn't really get slowed down that much by the injury the way you might normally think someone would. Just looking at it last year, he had 37 points, he had 14 goals. But he was really good, I think, at the beginning and end of last year. There was definitely some um, rut he had in the middle of the season, which does happen with rookies. But just looking now at his uh, shooting percentage for the year, it's very high, obviously. It's in the mid-20s. But he looks good. He looks the part. So he's doing – it's not – if it was just goals – there's someone else in the Sabres I can make this argument about. Sometimes they score a lot and don't do anything else that well, but they do score a lot, and you have to mention that. This is not that case. This is someone who's scoring and looking the part all over the ice. And in fact, I would say he probably will be uh he probably is some, you know, regression on goals, but he probably has some positive regression to happen on assists. So productivity-wise, it'll be it's 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 very exciting to see how he's come back in a season where there's not a lot to be excited about. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm trying to think more about like a guy who Quinn, I feel like can maybe be comparable to like if he really hits a stride and reaches what could potentially be his full potential. And I don't know why. And I, I could be, maybe I'm a little off base here, but like 
doesn't he kind of give you a vibe of like if Jack Quinn hits, it'd be like Adrian Kempe in a way. Oh, that's a good you know? one. Like guy yeah, is a good skater. Like but he scored 40 goals last year, didn't he? Exactly. Yes. That's like, a good one. 40 goal score plays with a lot of tenacity. He's a pretty good skater, but it's not like a hallmark of his game. I don't know if Kempe is like more of a, a full 200 foot guy. I mean, I think he's, he's all right defensively as well. And so I don't, but just offensively, I think that that's where the parallel maybe comes in there. I don't know. It's interesting though. I mean, if he ends up hitting that, you know, when we talk about the core of this team moving forward, it's always Tage, Darlene, power cousins. It's really kind of those, those are like the core four really. And I'm telling you, the way that Jack Quinn's been playing, if he continues at the trajectory that he's he's currently at, he could be working his way into that conversation just as much as those other guys. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, Benson, too, honestly. Oh, Benson, of course. Yeah. Too. Absolutely, Benson is within that as well. Well, let's talk about Rasmus Dahlin getting named to the All-Star game. Exciting news. I don't necessarily know if it's fully deserved, though, Taylor. Uh, to, no, it's not. to be a downer, but... I don't really agree with it. I mean, I get it. It makes sense. There's similar moves that were, it's so weird because there's like other ones like Kaprizov, for example, he made it for Minnesota. He hasn't really been having like the best year, but then you look at a team like Anaheim and Frank Vetrano makes it for the ducks. Why did he make it over Zegers? Am I missing something? That's what I mean. If you're kind of just going by whoever the perceived best player is or most popular player, it seems yeah. like they did, they did that in a couple of cases and very much not the case in others. What I want to ask you though, Taylor is who would you choose to be the Sabres representative at the all-star game? I would say it's, it's kind of a tough choice. Cause I don't think we've nailed down exactly what the NHL all-star game should be. Like it should it be the biggest stars or it should be an honor that you earn. If it's the latter, it's really, it's really tough. Cause then you have to start thinking really hard about who earned it or what this half season means, blah, 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 all this stuff. And you also have to take it seriously because it could be something that, you know, is on your resume at the end of your career. If you're hall of famer or whatever, if you're thinking about any of that. Also, thirdly, you would have to get rid of this, this every uh, team gets a player in the all-star game. Really. You would have to, there'd be no way to do that if, if you were serious about it just being the best players. So I kind of lean towards the fact that it's an entertainment event. It's geared toward kids. They don't take it that seriously. They don't even play real five-on-five hockey in it. Um, and they, it's kind of more stars. And as long as the stars aren't having an actively bad season, I'm kind of fine with it. But if you're asking me straight up who deserves to go the most on the Sabres, it's honestly Casey Middlestad, which is, I never would have thought at the beginning of the year. He's the only one that's been consistent. He's the only one that has been productive the entire season and has really, he's the only one that's a good player on the team that's been healthy and lived up to expectations. So Paterka is close, but he's slowed down a little bit and he hasn't been quite as good as middle stat. So I think it would be him. Uh, on the other hand, I can't get too mad about it because if it was just pure meritocracy and there was no rule about someone on t- every team has to make it middle stat shouldn't make it. No, I just, I don't, I don't really believe in that rule. It's, but I, I guess I get it now that I'm saying that because you want every fan to have one. If it's, if I'm taking the tack that it's a less serious event, you want every fan to have someone to cheer for. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brendan, I'm looking at this now. Uh, Petrano has 27 points this year. 
Zegris has five. Okay, so I that's the answer to that one. Yeah, but who else could make it there on it? Who else would be somebody that would make sense on Anaheim? I mean, I know Troy Terry's not having the best year. So just looking at their stats without looking getting too deep into anything else, uh, their goaltending, the goaltenders are both no's, I would say, probably. So probably Mason McTavish has 25 points in 30 games, but is he hurt? Mm. Looking at this right now. Good question. Also, the Pro Bowl just got announced in weird timing, and I got to say, I have some thoughts on that, but I'm oh, not going to So I will not bad. be sharing them. Um, what do you McTavish, think is the worst snub? What's that? What's the worst snub? Oliver being as far down as he was, I think is. I guess I could see the arguments you can make for quarterbacks over Allen. Yeah. It's a funny thing in the AFC. I thought I said I wasn't going to get into this, but if you look at it like you're just ranking the quarterbacks, you have three that actually make it, then you have the alternates. And Allen's the first alternate, which means they, they think he's fourth, which you could, I think you just make the argument that those four can go in any order. And then CJ Stroud is also there around to be like the fifth best guy. After that, like if, like, if two guys say no, like if one goes to the Super Bowl and another guy can't go, the hell is the AFC going to pick? I guess that's how they end up with Tyler Huntley last year, but like, is it going to be Russell Wilson at his age? Is he going to want to do it? And then you're just going to get into someone who's like actively bad at that point if you can't go with one of the top five guys or Russell Wilson. So that's interesting. Not really relevant to this point, but no. McTavish is playing right now. He missed some time this year. I think that would have been the move. Not to get too much into the Ducks, but wow, I did not know Trevor Zegers had five friggin' points this year. And he's I missed mean- time. Games played. played. I know he started the year he was hurt. Yeah, he's played 17 games. That's kind oh, of important context, God. but kind of not. That's less than a third of a point a game. Yeah, that's that's not great. He's probably still nursing that injury. Yeah. So uh going back to the Sabres, though, uh Darlene, I it also makes sense to me why he's in, especially if you're not not watching Darlene every night. You might just look at it and go like, oh, this is not quite as good as last year, but close. You wouldn't know that, I think. He's taken a pretty significant step back in terms of one having games where he's just totally irrelevant or not even irrelevant because he plays so much, but totally uh, off, just entirely bad games. And that two, his defense has taken a step back from last year. In addition to three, what everyone should notice up front is production. But I think he's leading defenseman in goals. So you're just probably going to get invited to the all-star game if you're doing that. But this is why when players are going to the hall of fame and you're making those cases, that they talk about postseason all-stars. Mm. Not this. Good point. Good point. Should we hear a word from our sponsors, Taylor, before we move on? Yes. Folks, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. The Sabres aren't playing Friday night, but uh, you know, if you're looking to bet, there is uh, some action going on, including I saw this come across. I thought this was pretty interesting. The Blackhawks and Devils are playing. The Devils, we talked about them earlier this week in the uh, in the same ad space, they haven't had the best year, but they're still pretty good. Some goaltending troubles, you know, not meeting expectations quite, but not a huge disappointment. The Blackhawks are very bad, minus Connor Bedard. And right now the money line is minus 395 for the Devils. Oh, baby. Devils to win. Uh, don't bet the money line because <laughs> that is, uh, man, that's crazy. I also, that was not advice. <laughs> that, that doesn't constitute advice. Nope, you uh, heard it here first, folks. Uh, just joking. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying that's a pretty interesting line. Mine is 395. Uh, anyway, download the De- DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. 
New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In your call, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and over, age of everybody's jurisdiction. Void in Toronto. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG slash hockey terms. For eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, responsible gaming resources, NHL and NHL Shield, that registered trademarks of the National Hockey League, copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. We're back. So one thing I, I was thinking about was last year how the Sabres could only have, like, uh, they didn't have that many All-Stars. And I think it was was the thing that Tage was the All-Star and he got hurt and then Darlene went instead. Yeah, yeah, that was last year, right? Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate for Tage because Tage, the first half of last year, easy to forget now, he was on an unbelievable tear. Yeah. And there's no telling if he'll ever, you know, the All-Star game, as we mentioned, it's it's weird and it's hard to have a bunch of guys on the same team. So who knows if we'll ever get Tage there. I hope we do. I do too. I really hope we get to see that someday. And I think we ultimately will, for sure. I know Tage hasn't really performed up to expectations this year by any stretch of the imagination. However... As we've been saying about a lot of these guys, I really feel as though that this is just a rut that they've been in and that what we're getting from them now, from specifically guys like Tage and Darlene and Cousins, those three specifically, what we're getting from them now is not what we're going to get from them for the rest of their careers. So that being said, though, Taylor, as we said at the top of the episode, it was obviously a great win tonight against Montreal. Six to one, again, was the final and next up, the Sabres are going to be playing in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Taylor, how are you feeling heading into this game? Going up against the Pittsburgh team that has been having a pretty solid start to the year in terms of their team defense and goaltending. They've actually had a, a pretty decent start to the year. I believe they're in the top 10 in uh, team save percentage so, so far this season. Yeah, really good start for Jari. Yeah, I, I think... Despite that, they they haven't really been that crazy good so far this year. So they're definitely a beatable team. I mean, every team is beatable, but it just also wouldn't be that crazy if they beat them. They're obviously ahead of the Sabres by quite a bit despite – well, they're only six points ahead of the Sabres, but they have two games in hand. So that's – frankly, that's quite a bit ahead of them in the standings. Uh, I think the only thing that really stands out to me about the Penguins is how good Crosby has been at goal scoring this year, that he's actually on pace for a career high in goals. That's kind of strange to me, despite the fact that his assists are way down. But maybe his assists are down because the team isn't scoring as much. And to your point about goaltending, like that's kind of an annoying thing. Jari was a UFA in the summer, but I at the time I can't say I was like, oh my god, I wish we gave Jari that five years, thirty something million dollar deal. So I get it. He's he's a nine twelve, and then the rest of so that's good. It's a very solid start. Uh, the rest of their goaltending being good is a little bit of noise right now because it's. Alex Nadal Jokic and uh, is a 924, which is ridiculous. And then I originally read this name as Mitch Hedberg, late comedian, but no, Magnus Helberg, who's also in the 920s, 922. So, yeah, that's partly unsustainable, partly good. And the fact that they're getting good goaltending that good and they're actually not in the playoffs right now, they're seventh in the Metro, probably concern for them. Anyway, this is a I should- 
Also, I should correct myself, Taylor. They actually, I shouldn't say that they're just top 10. They're third in the NHL in team save percentage this year. Yeah, pretty crazy. It'll help a lot when random guys that you found on the street are actually really good. Yeah, well, I think it poses an interesting matchup for the Sabres. Obviously, it was great for them to have the offensive explosion that they had tonight, putting up six goals. But you're going up against a Pittsburgh team that have the Sabres number, at least in recent years, definitely throughout the Crosby era. And you're going up against a team, again, that has been getting really solid goaltending, been generally pretty good at goal prevention. I think it's going to be a good test for the Sabres if they're going to be able to beat a team like that again, you know, because let's be real here. Montreal aren't exactly lighting the world on fire this year. They're not one of the, uh, one of the league's best and Jake Allen, while of course is a respectable starting goalie again, you know, you're not going up against Tally Buck or you're not going up against Shisterkin or something like that. So to be able to go up against the Pittsburgh team that has that level of experience, the, the veteran leadership that they have, and the strong goaltending, I think, will be a real test for the Sabres. And if they can pull out a victory, it'll go like a really long way into a confidence builder for them in a game to really build off of. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is what they're missing is these in-between games every once in a while. I mean, they just literally can't win twice in a row. But, for example, they beat Columbus in overtime a few nights ago. I think that was Saturday night. They beat Columbus in overtime. Good win. It was they played really well. They almost got goalie and they got through it. And then the Ottawa game happened on New Year's Eve. And they're kind of, kind of lucky that the Bills game is going on and it was a holiday because there was not a lot of discussion about that. Well, here's the thing: if they had just not no showed that Ottawa game, we'd be a lot more excited right now. We could be on a three-game win streak, for example. Ottawa is right down there with the worst teams in the league this year. So that would be awesome, and we could go be going into this Pittsburgh game with some momentum. As I say this now, I don't think they're really going into this one momentum. It was a good game against a bad team that they had, which you prefer to the opposite, but beat Pittsburgh, and I still don't think you have that much momentum. <laughs> I think that's a nice thing to happen, but if you really want to, given where they are in the standings right now and this point in the season that they're in, if you really want to say they have serious momentum, I think you're going to have to be looking at four-game win streak. Five they got to win six, five, like, of the out of nine. five of the next six. Yeah, least. something like that. You have to do things like that. To get people yeah. excited. which is so very like, doable obviously they don't have it now i'm saying that when we record on sunday uh if they regardless what happens in pittsburgh i'm not gonna be like oh my god it's a changed team unless they win they score double digit goals that's it of course i'm not saying that they're going to be changed by any means but i'm saying that it'll be something at least good for them to continue to build off of especially as they're heading into games against seattle Ottawa, Vancouver, which is, of course, going to be a tough one. But then you have San Jose and Chicago. So for me, I mean, you pick up a win tonight against Montreal. Let's say let's say they can end up getting to a four-game win streak. I'm going to try and be optimistic here. We've been really negative this year. I'm going to try and be optimistic. <laughs> let's say they pick up the next three. Let's say they go into Pittsburgh and win, and then they have their home games on the 11th and 13th against Seattle and Ottawa. They have a four-game winning streak going into the matchup against Vancouver, again, at home. I mean, they're they're about to be playing a ton of games at home coming up, Taylor. They, they play against Pittsburgh, and then they have Seattle, Ottawa, Vancouver, San Jose, Chicago, and Tampa all at home coming up. So this is huge. Say they, leading up to the Tampa game, say they lose to Pittsburgh, or uh, not Pittsburgh, let's give that one to Vancouver. Vancouver's been having a great year this year. Thatcher Demko's been fantastic. They, they, they've just been great. 
Then they go and they beat San Jose and Chicago back-to-back to very, very winnable games. Then you're looking at a time where you've won, what's that, seven of your last eight, six of your, or, uh, six of your last seven? Yeah. That's exactly the run that you need, and that's why we've been really saying this is kind of do-or-die time for them, and this could really characterize where the season is going to go. You know, this is where your low-hanging fruit is in this stretch, aside from Vancouver. So you really got to pick these games up. And I am certainly, let me be clear, not buying in. I am not in any way, shape, or form feeling like this run is definitely going to happen. I'm just saying they can turn things around if they do end up picking up all of these upcoming games from Pittsburgh to Chicago. If they can go through that entire stretch and only lose one game in that time frame, I think you're you're back in business, like actually back in. I think so. I mean, that makes it. It's you have to do all that first before I really get excited about it. But of course, yeah, it's hey, it's time. You're mostly healthy. Make it happen. You Look at it. us ending with a little optimism. Yeah. Also, I should say so. The Vancouver game. Vancouver's number one in the West. I don't know if Sabres fans know that because they're Vancouver kicking ass. The playoffs what nine of the last 10 seasons or is it eight of the last 10 seasons anyway they're really good they're number one in the west and a lot of their goal scorers are getting attention in offense in general quinn hughes is getting self you're not selkie norris consideration jt miller is good elias patterson jt miller's 50 points by the way he's on pace for more than 100 points so that's crazy their goaltending is also a huge part of it uh in the 38 games they have a a kind of modern goaltending split of their starter, Thatcher Demko, is 26. Casey Smith, Smith has 12. They're both 917 goalies. To go back to both Pittsburgh, as we mentioned, they might as well just kept Casey Smith instead of Nettle Jokic and Mitch Hedberg. And also, Brent's preseason, 2022-2023, Vesna favorite. He wasn't wrong. He was just a year off. I was That's- a year off. That's it. <laughs> Damn it. I was just ahead of my time. That's all. But yeah. Four guys over a point per game pace right now for Vancouver. So they are firing on all cylinders and their best players are showing up and being their best players. Isn't it amazing what happens when teams can do that, when their best players are actually their best players? Yeah. Wow. Is what it, a novel is concept. Is guy Brock Besser? Yeah. Miller has 50. Hughes has 46. Pedersen has 45. And Besser has 39, all in 37 games. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. Pretty wild. Brock Besser already has 24 goals this year. Wow. Yeah. What a season. Yeah, they're uh they're they're in good shape there. Let's see. Yeah. Patterson is uh or excuse me, not Patterson. Besser is tied for third in the league in goals. You know who he's tied with? Oh man, there's some loser named some loser named Artemi Panarin and the golden boy Sam Reinhardt. Wow. Isn't there someone really kind of, not random, but someone you wouldn't expect in the top five for goals right now? Zach Hyman? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Matthews, Kucherov, Panarin, Reinhardt, Besser, Pasternak, Hyman, Crosby, McKinnon, and Kreider. Yeah, that makes sense. Strange. Any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor, before we sign off? Uh, not really. That's Have a great. great weekend, everyone. Have a lovely weekend, folks. And most important of all, happy birthday, Taylor. Early birthday, but I'm still going to say yeah. it anyways. That's right. 
I'm 31. So I'm now, if I was an NHL player, people would be like, well, he hasn't hit the decline yet, but it might be there. And if I was hitting my decline, if I wasn't productive this year, people would be saying, what do you expect? He's pretty old. Mm. And I, I certainly feel it. Wow. Well, we love that. We will be there. Uh, if you're looking to join us, uh, Taylor's birthday party. Well, his birthday itself is on Saturday and uh, he's having a party on the steps of the Capitol building in Washington, DC. So if you're free, come hang out. We'll be there. Uh, tell your brothers. Should be a good Me time. My dudes, Connor McMichael, Anthony Mantha, Tom Wilson is already there. He's there all the time. Yep. Connor McMichael being the first name you threw out there of Capitals. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's impressive. <laughs> Give me a little Hendrix Lapierre action. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, check out all of our fellow shows. And of course, make sure you're following both the Charging Buffalo and Hockey Podcast Network on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. And before you close out of this app, whatever you're using to listen to this episode, leave us a nice rating or review as we'd very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors oh we love them so much and that's DraftKings Sportsbook folks use that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals we'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday everybody have a great weekend this has been Straight Up Sabres